Iowa.net. Iowa women's basketball coach Lisa Bluter has signed a contract extension that runs through 2029. Bluter is heading into her 25th season with the Hawkeyes. Baseball's home run derby is on tap in Seattle tonight with Mets slugger Pete Alonzo hoping to join Ken Griffey Jr. as the only three-time winners. At Wimbledon, four-time defending champ Novak Djokovic faced a tough challenge from Hubie Hercotch before advancing to the quarterfinals with a four-set victory today. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Four. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Number two, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Momentarily, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, our regular spot with Matt Snyder. That's coming right up. We'll give you an opportunity to win another $1,000 in the home run contest. Uh, that's oh, 20 minutes from now or thereabouts. Nick Olson will talk Iowa State. Trent's play of the day coming up, sponsored by Circus Sports. Let's talk some baseball, shall we? As we arrive at the theoretical midway point, everybody's a little bit past that, but uh, works for our purposes. Hello, Matt Snyder, Trent and Ken. How are you? Well, I'm great. You know, I, I wish I was in Seattle, but other than that, I'm yeah. No, beautiful city. I, I I want to go to the ballpark. It does look like a nice ballpark mm-hmm. uh, to to visit, no doubt about it. And we'll certainly see a lot of it here in the next couple of days. Uh, so let's do this, Matt. Um, best story in baseball this year um, is what team or or what player? What's the biggest story so far in baseball? I mean, there are there are a lot. What we've got Hard, to say right? yeah. the Braves on the Braves on a team level. What they're doing right now is absurd. So you have to mention the Braves, and if we're going to do that, Acuna with the the big time MVP season. Otani remains a huge one. Um, my mind immediately went to the Reds. Yeah. You know, first place at the All Star break. I know it's only a game. The Brewers are probably a better bet to win the division. But with the rookies, the way that they've done it, whether it's Matt McClain or Andrew Abbott or, of course, Ellie De La Cruz, who, who just <laughs> stole, stole all three bases from first base, yeah. uh, they've got to be in there. And, and part of that is we, there's no way we thought we would be talking about them in this way this season heading into the year. There's just not. So that's why I think they've got to be up there. Ahead of schedule and mm-hmm. – one thing when they're making that big run during the beginning of June, and we were talking about sustainability, and it just kept coming back to the pitching staff, the pitching staff, yeah. do they have enough pitching? Now we're well into a month of this hot run out of the Reds. How much more of a believer are you that there is sustainability with this Cincinnati team, and this is really going to be a team we're talking about come late September? I'm a believer that they can hang around, but they've got work to do on the, on the staff, on the rotation in particular. Because we just saw the, the Brewers knock Abbott around a little bit. It was the second time they saw him. Mm-hmm. If the league starts to see him a little more, we've seen Good this point. happen. Yep. Where guys will start to get knocked around a little more, and uh, you don't know how deep into the season they're going to they're going to want to go with his innings. Um, I, I think they need a veteran and not somebody like Luke Weaver who's going to post a seven ERA in right. fifteen starts. Uh, they need a good veteran. I, they can't swing for an ace type, I don't think, right now. Um, because now is not the time to start bailing on all that prospect cash in order to do something like when the Dodgers traded for Scherzer and Turner. 
Like, it's not something like that. But I think they need a veteran innings eater type. Um, I'm in the central right now in my head. So maybe when Jameis Tyone was good or, you know, the way he pitched last time out. He was unbelievable. If if they can grab somebody in that ballpark, that would be a big help. I do think there's a chance that it works itself out with Lodolo and Green because they're both hurting, going to be out a little bit longer. They were going to be up against innings limits anyway. So maybe these injuries end up as a blessing in disguise. And let's say they come back for the last six weeks of the season, they can be full go. Maybe that gives them the boost they need. It's going to be interesting to see how they piece it together. I'm really, this this team really has grabbed my attention. And again, I, I thought heading into the year, I think my comment on the power rankings was they're going to be fun to watch when Green and Lodolo pitch, and otherwise they're going to be boring and bad. Mm. Boy, I could not have been more wrong. I was wrong on everything, even the Green and Lodolo part. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, biggest disappointment, there's so many teams, right? There's the Padres, and there's the Mets, and they both spent huge, huge money. Everybody picked the Cardinals to run away at the Central. They're in last place. Um, who is the biggest disappointment this year? If you can only pick, and White Sox got to be in the conversation. If you, well, I mean, if you make me pick one, I think it has to be the Cardinals. Yeah, and I and I will only say uh, the components to that are the Central is not very good. Mm-hmm. I know the Reds are now nine games over five hundred, and that makes it it separates it from the AL Central. Um, but still, if you would have said heading into the year, the Central leader at the All Star break is going to be nine over. The card, and then you told the Cardinals, oh, and you'll be at 11 and a half out. Mm. It would be like, holy cow, what in the world happened? Uh, at least with the Mets and Padres, the Mets being seven out, the Padres being six out, there was a striking range, a hot streak range of a wild card spot. The Cardinals really aren't. They're in sell spots. I mean, it's in, in heading into the year, you would have just thought, man, a lot of things have to go south, not just in the rotation, which I thought was going to happen anyway, but all over the place things have to go south. And that's what's happened. Um, I do think, I know there's seven games over 500, but you kind of have to loop the Yankees in there a little bit. Obviously, a lesser extent than the Mets, Padres, and Cardinals. Um, yeah, the White Sox are a big one as well. Um, Maybe the Mariners, although they've gotten hot. They got really mm-hmm. hot here at the end of their game over now. So maybe maybe not. Four games out of the wild card. I don't know, but yeah, the the big ones would be Mets, Padres, and Cardinals. Those are the easy and obvious ones. Let's go the other way, and the biggest surprises to you this year, Diamondbacks, you got the Marlins and what they're doing. The Rangers continuing to hold the lead out west. Uh, even the Rays or the Orioles to a lesser extent. Now, the Orioles over-under this year was like 78.5, and Ken and I both looked at each other back in March and say, how could that be after what we saw from them a year ago? <laughs> Who is your uh, most, on the other side of the scale, your most surprising team of the year? Well, the Reds' total was 66. Yeah. They're probably was it? That, what, in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we had to do that. But well, for variety's sake, Diamondbacks, I really thought Padres and Dodgers are yep. going to be neck and neck to win this division. Mm-hmm. Giants are probably third place. Diamondbacks are fourth. And I said heading into the year, they have the potential to be a pet to contenders, but they won't actually be a contender. Well, they are a contender. Yeah. They're absolutely a contender right now. Uh, they definitely have fallen a little bit here, the, the little last little stretch, uh, in a virtual tie with the Dodgers, but behind by percentage points. They've been in first place for a while, so a bit disappointing as they go in, but maybe they just needed the break. Let's get Corbin Carroll's shoulder uh, healthy, hopefully, because yeah. it was two times in a week that it looked like he had the problems with it. And we just went through this in that division with Tatis a couple of years ago. Um, the Rangers have to be there, too. I, I thought heading into the year, 
they they had the chance to win the World Series, but also lose like ninety plus games. And it, it, the World Series was was predicated on get to the wild hard the wild card any which way you can, and then have that entire pitching staff, which includes Jacob Degrom, firing in all cylinders, and then they have a chance. Well, Degrom's been hurt mm-hmm. all year, and he's going to be hurt the rest of the year, and they're still in first place by two games in the West. So I think the Rangers and the D-backs are the big ones other than the Reds. Well, and, and Marlins, too. You mentioned Marlins. We've got to give the Marlins some love. Mm-hmm. 14 games over in playoff position. Great, great job there. Yeah, indeed. Um, manager of the year at the halfway point. Boy, Baltimore, he come, boy, they needed the Twins. The Twins showed up on their schedule oh, just the right boy. time because they seemingly were going the other way. Who's the manager of the year so uh, at the midway point? I, I, Bochy? I put down Bruce Bochy. Yeah. yeah, I put Boch down. I mean, just again, the Rangers had a lot of talent, but to be in first place over the Astros, especially with the Mariners, and yeah, the Angels always fall apart. But they were good for a while, and uh, you know, Degrom goes down. The, the offense just—I don't know. Whatever he does, he's doing it again. It's it's good old Bochy magic there in his first year there. But Hyde can't be far behind. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you can't say enough about the job that he's done there, and I think you got to say Kevin Cash as well. It's let's not take for granted. Right. You know, with the Rays with that thirteen and zero start, a lot of teams give it all back that have done that in, in history before the, the Brewers in the late ninety late eighties. I think it was eighty nine. They basically gave it all back after that thirteen and zero because they expended so much energy to get there. The Rays lost like three or four, but then they were juggernaut again right after that. I know they've fallen on hard times right now, but they have so many pitcher injuries. So Cash and Hyde are right there, but I'll go Bochy. So uh, you mentioned the Yankees on the disappointing side of things. They fired their hitting coach, Dylan Lawson. What about Aaron Boone? If this is just kind of... Who they hired? Sean Casey. I saw that. Sean Casey is going to be the hitting coach for them. Is Boone in some trouble here? I mean, if, if this thing is... They're going to be a playoff team, it still feels like, but if they're just kind of trudging along and not making a big step forward, could we see maybe in August a shakeup happening here? Boy, he's been along for a long time. Cashman's been around for a long time. Uh, but old George, he's not around anymore, is he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Given the comments that we saw from, from uh, Hal Steinbrenner several weeks ago when he was surprised that people were angry and he couldn't believe it and he couldn't believe anybody was booing, it seems like <laughs> that maybe Cash and, and Boone are both safe. Yeah. Uh, I know the Yankees just won 99 games last year. With Aaron Judge being hurt, that's a big, big thing there. And if Cashman doesn't really want to fire Boone, he's got enough coverage here to, to, to give for rationale as to not fire him. I, I look at it like whenever I am, am discussing David Ross and the Cubs with my dad and he wants Ross fired, I'm like, well, it's the same thing I would say about Aaron Boone. It's like, okay, maybe he is bad, and maybe he's one of the problems. But I just can't be sure because on the Yankees, the personnel looks like it's just not very good. Like, Mm -hmm. why didn't they attack? Why didn't they go after a left fielder in the offseason? Was it just Judge and just Rodon, and that was it? Uh, And they had injury prone guys, and then they got hurt. Uh, I don't know if that's the manager as much as it is the front office, but then they go back to, but maybe the manager is one of the problems. So I don't know. Hey, he he might be part of the problem. I don't think he's the biggest problem, but he might be part of it. But, hey, they're only one game out of a playoff spot, and if they make the playoffs and everybody's right, let's say Rodon's firing in all cylinders by then, let's say Judge is back, they can make a deep run. 
Speaking of problems, uh, and I think it's uh, maybe one of the underreported problems in baseball, and that's the missed balls and strikes by home plate umpires this year. It's getting out of hand. It, it really and truly is. I don't recall it. Maybe it's been like this, been trending in this direction. But this has been an awful first start of the year. And they're doing so without the worst umpire in all of baseball, Angel Hernandez, <laughs> who's I have no idea where he is. Uh, so two-parter, where is he? And do you agree with the, the, with the um, uh, balls and strikes missed uh, as many times as seemingly they are every game for both teams? As I understand it, Hernandez's absence is health-related. Is it? Um, okay. Whether it's, I think it's an injury, but I could be wrong. They don't really publicize it the way that player injuries are, obviously, because nobody really cares. Um, but it, it's health-related. And it's been, you know, I think he did the first couple weeks. First week, like maybe, that. yeah. First week, yeah. Um, he, he got hurt or something, but he's getting up there in years anyway. Um, in, in terms of the, the calls, honestly, I don't think the umpires are getting worse. I think it's just getting really, really, it's getting way more difficult to call it because it's still the same 60 feet, 6 inches it was back in 1900, but now you've got so many guys throwing almost triple digits on the fastball, but the pitches that are in the 90s are moving. The catchers are as better at framing than they've ever been. Uh, or at least deceiving the umpires. I don't want to say, oh, everybody's the best framer ever now, but they're they're better at the way they move their gloves. You know, nobody used to, if you picture in the 80s somebody framing it, they just kind of hold their glove on the outside of the zone and turn it a little bit, like they're turning a screwdriver or something. Now they start their glove outside of the zone and move it up to catch the ball and kind of intersect with it at home plate. And then by the time they stop their glove, it's right in the middle of the plate. But the umpire knows it wasn't there, so he's just kind of guessing more. Uh, just the way everything is moved, I, I really do. Hopefully I don't sound like an umpire apologist, but I'm sure it sounds that way. But I think it's just harder than it's ever been before, and there's only so much the human eye can see when they've got those variables. Home run derby tonight. <laughs> Matt Snyder, you and I are the same age. Is this something that still gets you, still gets you excited and you're looking forward to it, or is it just old hat, you're over it, and, uh, well, it's something to fill a day of content, and that's about it? It still gets me, um, it, and that was not my answer in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I'm ashamed to admit, I left in the middle of the 2014 Derby. <laughs> I hate saying that since I was there, but good grief, they used to take so many pitches. Yeah. It got to the point where they were taking yeah. like eight, nine, ten pitches, and you're standing there all night. Mm-hmm. It just... I think the league kind of realized it around the same time that I did, coincidentally, was like, all right, we've got to do something to breathe new life into this thing. And remember, it was the Cincinnati Derby when Todd Frazier won it in front of the home fans. On that clock, he hit a home run to tie it with like 15 seconds left. Uh, he ended up winning it in the extra time. That clock makes all the difference in the world now. Everybody stays into it. Everybody counts down mm-hmm. with it. You can watch on the scoreboard there. At home, it has on TV, it has the clock with how many home runs he has, with how many home runs he needs to tie or take the lead. It's amazing. I think it's a really fun event. I, if there are baseball fans who don't like it, that's fine. You have plenty of other baseball to watch the rest of the year. If there are casual sports fans who don't like baseball, give this a chance and see. You might well like it because it's not actually like baseball. It's just batting practice where they're seeing who hits the most home runs in a certain amount of time. It's fun. Uh, indeed it is. Give us a team that you're uh, paying attention to. Second half of the season, uh, right now looks as though they're up against it, but uh, if they get on one of those runs you talk about from time to time, watch out for? 
<laughs> do it. Should I go back to the well again? You know Trent wants me to <laughs> with all those gambling tickets you've got on them. Yeah. San Diego Padres. Oh, that's Ken's. Yeah. That's my squad, in, yeah. Heading into the last series where it was Padres Mets. Yep. I thought if one of these teams looks like the better team here mm-hmm. because both of them were hot going into the series. You know, the Mets had won 6 in a yep. row, Padres had won 4 or 5. It was like if one of these teams takes control of their destiny here, they have a real chance. And the Padres, you know, they ended up closing. They are 6-2 and two in July right now. They've got the personnel. They don't have that many all-stars, so they can kind of rest and recharge their batteries mm-hmm. a little bit. Six games out of the last wild card spot, that's plenty workable. Um, and, and really, there's only two teams to jump over. Because if you look at, oh, look at the Angels. They're only five out, but they've got five teams to jump over. That makes the task that much harder on the Padres' end. Not as many teams to jump over, six out. I think it's absolutely workable. I, I think the offense is finally starting to come around to what they can be. The pitching staff's been good all year. A.J. Preller will do anything he can to add in front of the trade deadline. Don't overlook that. Uh, take a look at the Padres with your futures, people. <laughs> I've got a bunch of them, <laughs> and I'm going to hold them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I'm not going to sell anything back. Um, the only way the Braves will not represent the National League is... Uh, the funkiness of the playoffs. You know, I mean, last year you take a look. There were there were the 111 win Dodgers. The both the Mets and Braves won over 100 games, and the Padres are kind of a powerhouse toward the end of the year. And you end up with the 87 win Phillies in the World Series. So it's that that would be it. If there was a way to say the absolute best team at the end of the year is going to be anybody but the Braves, I said no, no, no. I'll take the Braves over the field. I, I would too. It, it, if we're going through the playoffs, yeah, man, there's a lot of funkiness there. So I would take the field over the Braves. But yeah, I think most wins at the end of the year absolutely will be the Braves. I mean, they they, they haven't had right Freed for almost all the entire mm-hmm. first half, and Freed's not that far back from coming back. So they're going to be firing at all cylinders by September. So uh, the Braves are going to ha- end up with the most regular season wins. But it's been a little bit. Uh, 2018 Red Sox probably. The last champion who had the most wins in the regular season. Yeah, there. Well, I think twenty twenty. I think the Dodgers and Rays are probably tied. But twenty twenty, I kind of throw out everything was weird there. I try to forget everything about it. Uh, Braves <laughs> would play the winner of the if, if it started tomorrow. Marlins and the Snakes were the right to play the eighth. boy on the other side. The American League. Tampa Bay will await the winner of Blue Jays Orioles. Uh, the American League. You know, East. Marlins Diamondbacks will be really fun. Because neither was expected to That's make true. it. That's true. Haven't seen him in yep. a little bit. That'd be really fun. Indeed, it would. It's been really fun talking with you, Matt Snyder. Love these Monday conversations. We'll do it again next Monday. Thank you for doing this, Matt. Yeah, all right. Take care. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com. So we check in on Major League Baseball at the halfway point. Let's stick on the baseball theme, Trent Condon. It's time for another thousand dollar home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest. The keyword is cash. Cash. Type it into the pop-up box that will appear at KXNO.com. Cash at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. That's cash at KXNO.com. Another opportunity. 
Uh, coming up in about an hour from right now with Murph and Andy, they've got two in the drive with Heather and Sean. Three more opportunities uh, for KXNO to get their first winner in this contest. We will take a time out, come back and talk Iowa State with our friend Nick Osen, who heads to the Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. We'll pick Nick's brain prior to that. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. XNO. Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse and radio app now. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at wolfroofing.com. Strike! Umpires are in short supply and are greatly needed. Now you can become a youth umpire for baseball and fast pitch with Iowa U-Triple-S-A sports officials and Central Iowa Sports. Be around the game that you love and the greatest part-time opportunity ever where you can make great money. They offer on-field training and no experience required to apply. For more information to get back into the game, go to IA. USO.com. That's IAUSO.com and get back. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back in big. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Right, 1230, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's plays of the day uh, coming up here at about 10 minutes before 1 o'clock. Well, Nick Olson and the 
uh, at least a lot. I was going to say the rest, but a lot of the Iowa State media will be making their way down to Dallas. Big 12 media days will be a little busier this year with the 14 teams. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week, Iowa State goes Thursday. Last I saw, let's get Nick Oson in here, maybe get a little schedule update uh, as he joins us. Of course, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Nick, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Do I have it right? Uh, Iowa State goes Thursday. Nick, do you know for sure? Absolutely, Ken. Yep. As of as of my last check, we got an updated uh, schedule. ISD is set to go on Thursday as they're sticking with breaking up the two days. You bet. Do you happen to know what time Campbell will speak? And if it happens during 11 to 1, we'll try and facilitate that we can carry it. Do you happen to know? I have it. I don't have it necessarily offhand, but I will shoot that to you right after this so you can kind of prep okay. uh, before you're off the air. Definitely. All right, good stuff. The other question, I, I, I don't know if it'll come up. Um, I, I want to know, is Hunter Deckers on the team or is he off the team? That, I hope, gets asked because, you know, obviously we, we're not naming names when it comes to, uh, to the gambling scan. I'm not even saying that this is related to that because there's so much out there, Nick, um, that Deckers might not be part of this football team. And I mean, we just had Phil Steele earlier in the show, and he's singing his praises about uh, the improved quarterback play. I'm thinking, man, I'm not even sure he's on the roster anymore. Um, will we find out at, at this event, Nick, whether he is or whether he isn't, do you think? Honestly, Ken, I don't anticipate necessarily a bunch of, you know, maybe specifics into all of this. Obviously, people are, are going to ask, you know, all of us in the media, local, national, we'll be diving into topics like that, of course. I, I certainly don't expect kind of some of those, I don't know, more specific or like closer to, to home type questions to be really answered in like a big type of press conference. Uh, I could see Coach Campbell on maybe the side, getting maybe. into things a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, with, with some of us that, you know, really kind of go to everything and, and have been at things the last couple of years. But I guess what I would say with that, Ken, as we've kind of talked on air uh, and off of it as well, I don't necessarily – you know, have the highest hopes in terms of, of clarity on some of those things. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just, I'm going in as I'm making my questions and things like that, approaching it in that way. Obviously, that kind of stuff uh, will be figured out, you would very well think, soon. Um, but I know that we've kind of set this timeline multiple times for by media days, and now it, it doesn't look like things are going to be out before then either. Yeah, that's it's such a difficult kind of tiptoeing around as we continue to wait. It feels like it shouldn't be done at this point. It's not done this point. We just go around and around with it. There's going to be a lot of other storylines also there at Big 12 Media Days. From a Big 12 as a whole standpoint, it'll be our first time in this kind of setting that we'll hear from the new commish. Your mark. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. Hit the ground running, yeah. and he has not stopped over the last 11 months. Mm-hmm. That one, I'm going to guess you got a couple of questions in your back pocket, right, for that one, Nick? Yeah, absolutely, Trent. You know, I, I was thinking, as you said that, I was thinking, you're exactly right. You know, we got a few minutes with him uh, at the basketball session, you know, last year, but it was not the football one. Obviously, this is a bit more of a, a bigger stage, I would say, comparatively. Certainly now there's, you know, a larger group of teams, whether it's realignment, whether it's kind of some of the talk about, you know, different focuses within each sport. Obviously, Commissioner Yormark is doing a lot. In terms of the entertainment value, looking internationally a little bit, you're exactly right. I think that's you know, going to be a really exciting thing and a major reason why I'm still looking forward to Wednesday, even though 
you know, some of the, the focus on my team and Iowa State is not going to be till the end of the day. Yeah, that that's appointment to, uh, to be at that one for sure. Because, like, I think he's done a phenomenal job. I, I truly do. He's taken a... You know, chicken, you know what, made chicken salad out of it in a, in a big, big way when he got the punch in the nose with the, or the, the Bullsby, I guess, got the punch in the nose with Texas and Oklahoma and for it to turn out like this and the, and the moves that he has made, uh, I think has been phenomenal. When we think back to his hiring process, who was really pushing for him? Do you, man, I'm not even sure, Nick, if you were on the job when he got it. Um, because that was thinking outside the box. Whoever was, you know, behind the scenes, really pushing it for him to get the job in that direction, uh, that was forward thinking. Because they they could have, you know, just taken a, you know, the a regurgitated say. It just brings back somebody else that's done this before. Um, but they thought outside the box, and it has paid off in dividends. There's no question, Ken. I don't think I was quite on it in terms of that aspect of the process, but I, I will say, you know, you mentioned out of the box. I think to me, such a big focus with him was just putting everything, not just back on the map, not that it was off of it, but the Big 12 essentially always being in people's minds, no matter what part of the country you're really in. I think kind of that overarching focus was such a, a massive aspect to your mark. I think his experience in more of kind of the, the music and entertainment business, I mm-hmm. think that He's a businessman, he's an entertainer, and he's just provided seemingly, I'm checking my emails, you know, almost constant weekly updates of these new things in the trajectory within the Big 12 Conference. I think it's been really successful so far, like you said, and it'll be really interesting, obviously this year, but then when we kind of get more of that focus without Texas and Oklahoma to see how this conference continues to develop and evolve on a national scale. He definitely deserves so much credit what he's done in thinking outside the box, coloring outside the lines a little bit mm-hmm. and doing things in a different way and something that certainly needs to happen. And, and just the solid nature now that the Big 12 feels after, what, Ken, the last 15 years where yeah. it feels like it's been on very mm-hmm. shaky ground and here they are today. It's different, but it's still a chance to become that number three conference in college football and, of course, what they're doing on the basketball side at number one. Uh, back to Iowa State. Now, reading through and looking through this team, that defensive backfield is going to be really good with TJ Tampa and what we saw with a couple of those young guys and Frailer, and they're going to be really good back there. What about up front? In order to run the defense that Haycock wants, you need those guys that can really cover up a couple of blockers and then have the guys behind them making plays. What do you think of the front line, the defensive line for Iowa State this year? Mm. Yeah, definitely, Trent. You know, that's actually one of the biggest topics that I kind of have written down, and, and I know some of my readers want to know as well. Personally, I think that it's actually going to be a strength yet again. I think that some of the talent, like I know I've mentioned Tyler Onyedim on, on this show multiple times, you know, Dom Orange, J.R. Singleton, healthy players like that, I, I think have shown, you know, the ability, obviously stopping the run as well as a little bit of versatility with a couple of those names that I mentioned. I think the area you've really got to kind of focus and key in on uh, would be the pass rush. Obviously losing one of the best, you could argue, in the history of college football based on his numbers, in Will McDonald, MJ Anderson. I think that's going to be the spot uh, that there there needs to be a little bit, I don't know, maybe more of a focus throughout fall camp just because of who was lost. But I'd say overall, because of kind of some of the versatility as well as returning talent that I've heard a lot of buzz about, I think that it should be 
an area of strength with some of that veteran experience as well. Yeah, and the Auburn transfer as well. I'm anxious to see Coley, how he fits into it. When I look at the defense, I think that the question mark might be at the linebacker position. I know Gary Vaughn's been there forever, and he's a solid player. Might that be the area of uh, of the defense that... Uh, not to keep Haycock up at night necessarily, because I'm with you. I think there's pieces on the defensive line, uh, albeit for the most part, a lot of them unproven. And uh, as as far as that being, it's your job now. Um, you're not coming in in a backup role. Might linebacker be the question mark? You know, Ken, we, we really couldn't have timed this any better. Uh, 247 just did kind of a Big 12 coaches, first team type thing. And the highest-rated coach, regardless of position, that they did was Iowa State linebackers coach Tyson Vite. Mm-hmm. And I, I bring that up not only because it's impressive, but to say that, you know, I get this sense that no matter who's leaving, no matter how young this group is, he just seems to have that position group rolling at least above average, if not great, like we've seen mm-hmm. just about every season. So I think that from the from kind of – the outset and the outside, yeah, you're going to see some names maybe that you haven't seen on the field or even some that people weren't as familiar with in terms of their recruitment. I'll continue to mention guys like Jack Sadowski, Carson Willich. <laughs> yeah. I think those are players that have really impressed. And I think that it's going to be a rotation like Iowa State likes to do, playing five or six really each game throughout. I think that Vaughn is going to be that staple Obviously, the transfer Zach Levette in the mix there. He's impressed with some of his leadership abilities. But I think that name recognition, I would probably agree. But in terms of production and eventually how they kind of run their course throughout Big 12 play, I I really do expect that unit to be good again. And, And I definitely mean that here as we head into fall camp. Another interesting topic I would love to hear an answer from, and maybe you can pass it along when you get some time with Coach Campbell, is the addition to a special teams coordinator to the team. This is something for the first seven years that they worked on it as a staff as a whole, and it has not gone well in special teams. Jordan Langs comes in, a guy with a background running special teams. It's a difference, and maybe how they're going to structure practices different, having that dedicated coordinator. Do you know, going back to spring, anything different that they're doing and working on now that they do have that dedicated special teams coordinator? Well, I know from speaking with you know a couple recruits, including one that you're very familiar with, Trent in state, Drew Miller, obviously mm-hmm. had committed to Georgia, but you know mul- multiple recruits, including Drew, just kind of spoke of basically the, the excitement levels, the fact that there was now this added level of kind of focus and maybe separation within that group, just because though Coach Langs is also working with the the running backs. The special teams aspect is a major reason why in terms of kind of like, you know, formation, schematics, I remember several coaches, including Coach Campbell, didn't necessarily expect a ton of changes within there back in December, January, uh, when we really got to speak with them about topics like that. But that is actually one of the areas I want to know a little bit more now that, you know, we're through spring ball, we're getting to arguably the most important five or six weeks of the year for college football coaches and teams to get ready for the actual season. And I think that's going to be an area, you know, in a wide open Big 12 conference like we've talked about on the show, games could come down to that again, guys. And I think that Coach Lang has gotten very comfortable and, and made some important kind of moves within the system already. And I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing more of 
what that's really like here in the next few weeks. What's a uh, a realistic number or target maybe for Cartavius Norton? Obviously, injuries aside, right? Uh, he was never healthy seemingly the entire year last year. Uh, so much buzz coming out of a fall camp last year about Cartavius Norton and watch out for this guy. They've really got something special here, and I'm not saying they don't. Uh, what I saw, I, I could see why people uh, had that uh, theory about his game. What, what's a realistic number uh, season look like for Cartavius Norton, Nick? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken, because, you know, not only has there been that buzz, but it, it seemingly continued from actually being around the team a little bit of these camps and, you know, some of the social media love that's been shown his way. I, I'm struggling to put a number on that, but I, what I, I think I would say, Ken, is potentially being the team's leading rusher, certainly in kind of some of the areas uh, near the goal line with kind of some of his, his build and his ability to basically run through people a little bit. I think there's a lot of talent and depth in the backfield, but if he has added to kind of some of that game, being able to catch passes out of the backfield a little bit, you know, an area of strength that Eli Sanders has obviously shown and and why a lot of people really like him, I would put him really kind of in the mix to that top part of the role. I think that he is healthy. I think that he's put everything together, and I think he will be – a major name to watch in the system throughout the season. Nick, over at 24-7, read your latest article on a potential future cyclone, and that is Big Play Curvey's Little Mm. Son is not so little in Malachi. Now, I found it interesting reading through. You figure Iowa State, obviously, is going to be at the forefront here because of connection with Dad and Mom and at the Iowa State University. But reading through there, he had an Iowa offer. He was mentioning players, uh, different teams. Michigan State's getting involved. Kansas State, Kansas, Missouri. Of course, Iowa State. No Iowa. And the Hawkeyes realize, look, Curvey's not coming to Iowa. We're just done recruiting him. Or has he crossed him off their list? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Trent, because there were multiple times he was supposed to, like, camp and yeah. potentially get there to a visit. Yeah, you know, you, you saw that, too. and. I don't believe any of those really happened. I'm under the impression because I didn't get the chance uh, with Curvey this time to press on it a lot. I, I think it's a couple things, you know, kind of from what I've heard and being around the network. I believe that Iowa is is also very high on Jack Limbaugh in the state, yeah. and I think that Curvey is really in a spot where, you know, he's open to a lot of places. So while I haven't gotten that necessarily for certain either way. I wouldn't be surprised as of this moment if, you know, he thinks really highly of all those schools that he listed. I appreciate you checking that out. You know, it was like Iowa State. I'm sure he's going to get to K-State for a game day. Kansas, Missouri. I know that, you know, there was some excitement around that offer, first SEC offer. So I think really it's a sense of I see the Cyclones playing a major role as long as they continue to prioritize him. But I think that Curvey is very much open, and, and I'm not sure Iowa is, kind of ready to make a move like that uh, for multiple reasons there in terms of their board right now as well. Can't wait to pick your brain on uh, what goes down uh, in Dallas. Uh, We'll see what kind of questions come up uh, when it comes to some of the uh, personnel on the roster. Uh, Is he or isn't he on the the roster? And that's uh, Hunter Deckers, and I'm not sure that – 
we'll get that answer, but there's certainly a lot of buzz out there, Nick, and it's it's just more it's more than the gambling story uh, that the buzz is pertaining to. I know we've all heard it. Maybe we'll get some clarity on uh, when uh, you guys assemble uh, down in Dallas. Iowa State will speak on Thursday. Shoot me that time if you think of it, Nick, as to when uh, Coach Campbell's going to be on the podium fielding questions from the assembled media. We will effort to carry it here on uh, Miller and Condon if indeed it works out for our program. Nick, have a safe trip. We'll talk to you next week, if not before. All right, Nick Olson? Happy to help even before you bet, Ken. I'll shoot that your way right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nick. Have a great week. And, of course, all the coverage at CycloneAlert.com as Nick uh, will be down in Dallas leaving tomorrow. All right. Will we know? No. Will it get asked? Yes. I hope so, man. It better. It better. Well, and if it's not going to come from somebody on the local media, somebody the regional media media will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, your play of the day is next. He's betting on the home run derby. That's right. And we'll find out who and how. When Some we tennis. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Circus Sports sponsors that. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. WHO. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf A-D-I-O. Not only does Central Iowa Sports provide a great environment for youth to play baseball and fast pitch, but they promote sportsmanship in the game, help players, parents, and coaches, and their relationship with umpires. Central Iowa Sports also donates throughout the year to local Iowa charities, along with donating the awards to the Iowa Miracle League. Central Iowa Sports, helping boost local economy by hosting local tournaments and creating great part-time seasonal jobs. Find out how you can get involved at Central Iowa Sports. Walmart today. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX. You know, the uh, Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern story seems to be getting worse the longer the day goes. Racism allegations now. Mm-hmm. Former players corroborating what uh, what the story that was broken by the student newspaper. How about that? Right? It's How about that? Some ugly stuff. There is no doubt. It gets uglier and uglier. And unfortunately, what can change? You know, what can be different? These allegations go so deep that you're kind of left with the question mark of what's this ultimately going to turn out to be? Mm-hmm. What is it going to? Is he going to survive? No. No, I don't think he is. No. I'm not sure he survives the day or the week even. Oh, absolutely. Well, it'll probably take some time. Right. Uh, but um, I would be shocked if he's in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days, which is what, two weeks away or three? When when are you on vacation? Three weeks? Yeah, it's uh, it starts, what is that? The 24th is a Monday. Right. So it's that week, yeah, the 25th, 26th. Yeah, right I'd, I'd be surprised anyways. All right, Trent, uh, you're, you're playing the home run derby. I am playing the home run derby, How are absolutely. you playing and who are you playing? Well, we're going to play two guys. We're going to take two futures here. We're going to take Garcia. He is 7-1, to one, the big bopper for the Rangers. like the price on that one. And i got to go with the hometown guy. Yes. And Julio Rodriguez. Now, again, as always, shop around. Shop for the best price. If it pertains to Circa. 
Uh, Julio Rodriguez is five to one. Some of the big shops, he's plus three fifty. Mm-hmm. Again, do the math. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Where would you rather bet? For me, it'll be Circa. I will take that five to one with Julio Rodriguez. And if I can get one of these guys at least to the finals, remember Rodriguez last year? He was so good. Sixty-two homers in the first two rounds, and he ran out of gas. Yep. That's another thing. If you see whoever it is, any of these eight guys, if they come racing out here and have a great round or a great couple of rounds, fade them in that championship. It is so difficult. So in-game betting. In-game was... betting, yes. On the home run derby, that's what you have to do. That's how you You've make You've reached rock bottom, Trent Condon. <laughs> oh, there's been much worse than this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. During the pandemic. And I really like this, uh, this parlay for the Wimbledon tomorrow on the women's side in the, as they reach the quarterfinals. So it's Sabalenka who goes up against Madison Keys. Keys been a really fun story. The American girl out there making her first big run in a major tournament. This is the end. I mean, we're we're talking about a pretty big gap between the two. The price isn't huge; it's minus one eighty five. But I put it together with the other American, Jessica Pagula. Who you like, Pagula? I do. She's minus one fifty. So you put them together, nearly two to one, plus one eighty six right now. I'll make that, that, that bet for the contest. Oh, you're going to do that I in the am contest. Going to, yeah. So who do you got this round, Hawkeyes? Uh, yes. Knock him off. He's I'll so do mouthy. my best. You know, he is he's one of the mouthiest guys you're going to run <laughs> is across. That right? I see him. He's active on Twitter. He's active on Twitter. Did he's you a- sign up for threads yet? I did. Uh, and? I put out a tweet. Oh, you did? No, you did. Is it called a tweet? Well, whatever it is. Yeah. I put out a thread? I don't know. I guess. It was just my podcast from last week. It was okay. my first one that I put up. I got there. a follower. You do? And I followed the same guy. Mark Hanrahan followed me on oh, uh, okay. threads, and I followed Mark back. Where can we find you on threads? Same place. I'm Ken Miller. I'm Ken Miller. Yep. Same name? Yep. I think mine's Trent.Condon. Oh, you couldn't get Trent no, Condon? I, I just hooked it up with an Instagram account oh, that I already gotcha. had. So it was a lot easier just doing that. So that's what it was. And yeah, I got a few follows right afterwards. It looks but. very similar, but I'm going to stay on Twitter for as long as. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're not going to go any further. Um, the good news is Murph and Andy will be here to pick things up in five minutes. They'll take it until three o'clock when they turn things over to the drive with Heather and Sean, who take it until six. Plenty of opportunities for that $1,000 home run. And another day of local programming kicks off tomorrow at 6 a.m. with the morning rush. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are here weekdays. From 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.